Welcome to this very special after Christmas episode of Cover Your Eyes podcast. We're talking about many things that are Christmas related, including the Tales from the Crypt vignette with Joan Collins from 1972. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Holly. So have you seen Tales from the Crypt from 1972 before? No, I had never seen it. And in fact, like when you told me about it, I thought it was going to be like the HBO Tales from the Crypt with the. (laughs) Yeah, with that thing. (laughs) I thought it was going to be that, like a Christmas special of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So I love it. I was looking it up. And then on YouTube, there was one where they took the one that we're about to talk about and they did remake it like in the nineties or something and added it to, they had a different cast obviously, but they remade it for the HBO like tales from the crypt Christmas oh. thingy. Yeah. And he's dressed as Santa at the beginning and everything. <laughs> so I started watching that one and I was like, wait, this is not the same cast. So then I had to go searching for the Joan Collins. one. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I saw Tales from the Crypt as a kid. I really feel like we watched this. But I understand. We watched so many movies. I understand if you don't remember some of them. (laughs) We did watch so many. And we watched a lot that were like obscure and foreign and older. So this would make (laughs) sense for us to have watched this one. Definitely. (laughs) I was enjoying it. (laughs) Well, this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Oh, wow. Um, Granted, I don't have like a a large uh, sample size because I don't watch Mm -hmm. horror movies that often. So we've got these people. They're on a tour of uh, catacombs. And at the beginning, the guy's like, this old man is like, Make sure that you, like, you know, stay close so nobody gets lost, you know. And then the next thing you know, there's five people that are totally lost. And they come (laughs) upon this crypt. And inside the crypt is a crypt keeper. And he turns to Joan Collins and he says, like, what are your plans later? (laughs) And then we flash to... Christmas time in this very white house and an older man is making out a Christmas card to his wife and he, he's just like you're the best darling you know like like genuinely like I love you so much and you're like oh that's sweet and then he's reading the newspaper and then you hear a thud and then there's blood Because Joan, Joanna, in the movie, she has killed her husband with a poker, Mm -hmm. a fire poker, and it's Christmas Eve. She goes to the safe, and we see the insurance policy, and she's like, (laughs) can't wait to get my hands on this. And then uh, she starts, like, cleaning up the mess of killing her husband. And then she hears that there's a raving maniac on the loose from an asylum. And he's dressed as Santa. Meanwhile, her daughter's upstairs. Her daughter's, like, you know, seven. Mommy. (laughs) And she's like, stay up there, you know. Like, did she forget she had a kid? I know. That wasn't asleep yet? She just killed him, like, right in the middle of the living room. And the daughter's bedroom door is apparently, like, right at the top of the stairs from there. So if she had gotten up, it would be trauma, instant trauma. She sees that Santa's here outside. But Mm -hmm. she just makes sure all the doors are locked. And she goes about her business, cleaning Mm -hmm. up after her husband's murder. And she tosses him down the stairs, pours some blood... And I guess she wanted to make it look like an accident. Yeah, he fell down the basement stairs and cut the back of his head open. 
and there and then blood was just like randomly poured on his hand and like on top of his hair there were clearly like no forensics then (laughs) no one was watching like case files or anything like that back then so she wasn't really planning this out carefully then she comes upstairs and her daughter has let in of santa Mm-hmm. And she's like, Mommy, is Santa's here? And then there's, you know, Santa. And then then it switches back. The implication being like, this is what's going to happen to you if you go through with your plan. Mm-hmm. So it's a cautionary tale. Don't murder your loved ones for their life insurance policy money. I know, especially on Christmas Eve with your child right upstairs. So I was really enjoying this. um, And it made me want to get like long red fingernails again. (laughs) And you see her like stoking the fire and she's got these big red nails and all this jewelry on her wrist. And I was like, that looks so great. Mm -hmm. And she looked so great. Her hair was like all huge and long and. Yeah, her outfit was amazing, like seventies. Um, she was reminded me of Elizabeth Hurley. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. Like, I think Elizabeth Hurley is like so beautiful, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, I can see that. Um, I've never seen Joan Collins really looking young before. I only have seen her like dynasty looking, and even then, she wasn't old, but she always looked old they always made her look older i think with the clothing and her hairstyles and then it seemed like she started wearing wigs like pretty young Mm -hmm. and so i was like whoa joan collins is like very hot (laughs) (laughs) yeah looking just like not like um alexis colby is that what her name is yeah alexis carrington colby okay dexter I'm missing a few. I used to know them all. I used to know her full last name. I'm a Mm -hmm. Dynasty super fan. That's right. (laughs) Which is so surprising to me. (laughs) So that's probably why you wanted to pick this one. Well, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite holiday movies. Mm -hmm. because the whole thing is like be grateful for what you already have because as soon as you get greedy everything's Mm -hmm. gonna get weird and awful Mm -hmm. which i mean is a very christmas story tale to not be greedy i i feel like that's probably why they they set the tone with the christmas scene Mm -hmm. um I didn't watch the rest of it, but I mean, I have a general like remembrance of the other in this scene. It's like the painful contrast between how elegant and that Joan Collins looks while she's murdering her husband and trying to cover it up is kind of disorienting because you want to identify with her because she's beautiful. Yeah. But she's doing this thing that is the worst thing you could do. Wanna. Mm-hmm. And I mean, killing someone for money. I know. Are you into, um, I know you've had a, I'm times where you've been into true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been into like the murder for murdering the partner for life insurance stories? No, not really. I feel like that's what every dateline is almost. <laughs> I did listen to a lot of dateline last year. So mm-hmm. while I was like cleaning and stuff. Um, so I guess I was into it, but not really. It's just so like predictable, you know, it's like the same story over and over. Yeah, it's just like predictable and terrible, and it's usually not even that much money. <laughs> not that yeah. it's ever okay to murder someone for money, but it's usually like <laughs> really you're willing to risk going to jail 
ruining your kid's life, taking someone else's life for like enough to have a few like really cool years. You can get like three good years out of that. And then what are you going to do? Yeah. See, obviously killing somebody is never good at all. It's awful. And it doesn't matter how much money you're getting. But there's also this sort of, I feel like a cost benefit analysis that I would assume you would do when you set out to murder someone for money Mm -hmm. before you did it. I would. Yes. It's a big decision. I think that there has to be other motives. Like you probably Mm. already hate the person by that point. And then it's like the money is just a cherry on top for a lot of the cases. I don't know. It's so weird. It's the weirdest thing to me. I've never had any interest in people who murder for money. Mm -hmm. Unless there's a serial component to it. And then I've had interest in it. Because that's like the serial component is like a compulsive aspect. Mm -hmm. Compulsive behavior I find to be something that I am interested in looking at sometimes. But with like the boring run-of-the-mill... It's like they were married for a while. They hadn't been getting along. It's like, so I guess the the intrigue of it is wondering, like, does your partner secretly hate you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and one day you're going to innocently go and, and sign an insurance policy because that's what you do mm-hmm. when you're an adult or whatever. And you don't think anything about it. And then a couple of years later, whack. Yeah. On Christmas Eve, I guess. I don't really think that dwelling on that, that people do that and that it could unpredictably happen is gonna like make it not happen. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of, um, Mm-hmm. Like a magical thinking that people can have of if I know a lot about these crimes, this type of crime, or like, you know, if I'm educated in the ways of killers by knowing all of these stories, then I'll avoid it. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to outsmart it. Or I'll just know so much about it that it like couldn't possibly happen. To me, it's like a preventative measure of some sort, but it isn't. No, it's not. (laughs) You're right. That's how I think a lot of people look at it. And I think it's just human nature to like when something horrible happens, we want to figure it out, figure out why and figure out how it could have been prevented. And then if, you know, it's happening to someone else, we like to think about what we would do differently so that it wouldn't happen to us. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, you're right. It doesn't really work that way for most things. Well, and then also, like, you could sit around all day long and think about how you would respond to a particular scenario that's dangerous, but you still have no real guarantee of how your physical body will respond to the threat. Exactly. Yeah, in the moment when the adrenaline's going, it's like you don't really know. Plans go out the window. But it's good to plan. Like, planning is good. Preparedness is good. But Mm -hmm. just don't obsess and, like, don't let it take over your life or prevent you from doing things that you want to do. Right. Because I was getting to that point for a while from listening to so much of it. Oh, no. (laughs) I was. I was getting, like, paranoid and limiting myself and things that I would do. Really? Another reason that I just, like, took a break from it for a long time. Yeah. Like, I refused to get life insurance because I was sure my husband was going to murder me. (laughs) 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 I do have life insurance. But I'm not Uh saying how much it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so in the movie all right she's killing him for life insurance we don't know how much it is it's like obviously he's the whole premise in the beginning is to show that he is like a sweet husband unless there's some backstory that they don't let us in on but 
I think she's just over his shit probably and ready to move on. I have a question though. I'm confused about something that might yes. be like deeper in the movie. When she, after she murders him, she does open the gift that he got for her. The brooch. And it's the brooch. And she had it on at the. And I know. So it already happened. That's the thing that was confusing me. I thought you might know since. <laughs> no, I was wondering, I was going to ask you about that too. Okay. Cause I was like, am I just like really tired or something? Like, cause I was kind of tired when I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I'll watch it. I was going to rewatch it to try to figure out the brooch issue. But I ran out of time today. Yeah. I don't think it ever <laughs> got resolved for me that the brooch she was wearing in the beginning during the crypt tour, it yeah. fell off. And that's what made her stop and delay everyone else. That made them get lost from the tour guide that made them end up with the crypt keeper. And then he like told all of their futures, predicting what they were going to do when they left there. And hers was that story that we just told. But in that story, she opened a gift and it was the brooch she was already wearing. I don't know. I don't either. I mean, was it some kind of weird timeline jump? Like, was there a portal in the catacombs? And whenever she dropped the brooch, it spun them into a portal where the crib keeper was and where they were given a second chance to like spin time backwards Mm. and do it over again so that whenever they get spit back out of the catacombs it'll actually be the morning of christmas eve and she hasn't killed anyone yet i wish they would have ended it that way that would have been neat oh yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might be what happens time portal thing going on because there's like a monk living in there in the middle (laughs) of a catacomb that supposedly like during the time of king henry or something they all went there to hide so that would make sense (laughs) Hmm. um and then the other thing i wanted to say is that right after she murders her husband she hears a story on the radio of someone escaping from a psychiatric hospital who is Probably a murderer, like you said. Did they say he was a murderer? And he's huge and he's dressed like Santa. So it's very scary. He shows up pretty quickly. And then she wants to call the police because he's there. But then she doesn't because she just murdered her husband. But what she should have done is said he came in the house and murdered her husband and then left. Exactly. She could have saved herself all that trouble. I know. That's what I thought, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Because I was like, well, what would I do? And I would open the door. Mm-hmm. I would like grab my kids and just like unlock the door very quietly. Mm-hmm. And then go run upstairs, like hide my kid mm-hmm. somewhere and then wait. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I hear him come in, call the police. Oh, that easy. Mm-hmm. I would have just called the police and said he was here and he left. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, mine's a little more risky, but I feel like it would be more convincing. Exactly. <laughs> Yours is more convincing. Uh, I'm a creep, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably just like beat myself up a little bit, you know, so it looked like I escaped from him. Yeah. Then he murdered my husband and he fled when he heard me calling the police. Oh yeah. That was my whole story I had worked out. <laughs> but also he's he's a he's a loony tune. Mm-hmm. Right? So Yeah. Uh the cops in nineteen seventy two probably wouldn't even question it. Exactly. They'd be like, Look at this hot broad. She yeah, couldn't she kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could have gone away with it much easier than what she went through. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this time she'll le- she'll have learned her lesson. So when she gets the opportunity mm-hmm. to do it again, she'll be like, "Oh, I'll just call the." <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but well, well, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs>
What else did you want to say about Christmas movies? Oh, well, okay. So I had just, I heard that you told me that you watch Christmas movies. I do, like the terrible ones on Hallmark okay, and Lifetime and stuff. Okay, well, I have not seen them. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious, like, what's going on with these movies? Because I know that they're really popular. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. What's going on with them? I mean, they're very formulaic and... I think that might be why people like them so much, kind of like the comfort of the formula. And like, maybe that's why people like the crime shows so much because there's like a crime who did it. They find them. They're punished. It's like formulaic and comforting, like wrapped up in a bow. And so I think that's how these Christmas movies are too, except there's no murders. Um, usually (laughs) for the one we watched tonight, but I mean, so most of them are like anyone that's ever watched them knows it's like a joke at this point. There's going to be like a young career woman who is driven by rising up the corporate ladder and nothing else matters to her. She has a few close friends, but no boyfriend because she doesn't have time. She lives away from her family because she moved to the big city to make it. And she can't come home for Christmas because she's too busy. She's got a big project that she's got to work on. But then something happens, like maybe a family member gets injured or whatever, and she ends up having to go home for Christmas. Or her work is sending her to like a small town for a big, like, (laughs) we need to build a ski resort in this tiny town. and We need you to go scout it out on Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. But she, like, is up for a big promotion, so she has to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then whenever they get to whatever town they're going to, like, if she's going to scout out something for work, she'll be on her way to the town and she'll get a flat tire or, like, slide off the road because it's icy. And she's not used to driving on icy country roads. She has to get, like, towed by a handsome stranger who is, like, not appealing to her at all because he's rough and country and she's city fed and then eventually they'll like run into each other again later at like the coffee shop or whatever and then she sees that he knows everyone in town and everyone loves him and then eventually it'll turn out that like his family owns the tiny inn that she wants to destroy to build the ski resort and they'll be fighting with each other and then eventually she'll learn like Oh my God, there is real value in this tiny town and small town values. And I have to be here now instead with this man. And that's pretty much every movie. So keep watching them. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this summary. I feel like I've watched these movies. You have. (laughs) It's literally that like every time. I can't believe they still keep making them, but they do. And we keep watching them. So why not? There's literally probably like seven women that they, for every movie, they have like their rotating cast. And also the guy always is like a widower. He's always got two kids and his wife died. (laughs) Every time. Are his parents around? Yeah, he's very close to his parents because he is like a family man, you know? And he does things for them. And they own the inn that she wants to tear down. Yeah. So. So mm-hmm. he's obviously like all fired up to protect his parents. Because mm-hmm. they're a very close family. Yeah. Exactly. Um, does she make any friends while she's in town? In the new town? Yes. Usually the people will take to her eventually. Like, people will be resistant to her. First, they'll like her because they she's just a new stranger in town and she ended up there by chance. And then they'll find out what she's actually there for. And then they'll be like, hmm, they'll have some reservations about her. Mm-hmm. But then eventually she'll, like, win them over. Yeah. And help them, like, with the town Christmas ball that they have every year. She'll end up, like... <laughs> Saving the day somehow, like, oh, well, I know how to decorate and throw this party. Um, I could do this for you. And then that, like, wins everyone over. Does she throw them, like, a big city party? No, she uses, like, 
her ingenuity and what they have available and somehow makes everything look great. Okay. They couldn't have done it on their own. Okay. How, do you, have you ever read like a gothic? No, I don't think so. Um, I guess Jane Eyre would be considered. Oh yeah. I've read that. A gothic romance. So the traditional, or it doesn't even really have to be a romance, but it can also be like horror or romance. Usually it's like a twisting of those elements. Mm-hmm. So part of it is the first part is always that, uh, the person usually later on a, a woman mm-hmm. has to go to somewhere remote where she doesn't quite fit in. And then a bunch of terrible things happen. And there's always two men that mm-hmm. are both pursuing her. One yes. of them is the good guy and the other one's the bad guy. And the thriller part of the romance is figuring out which is which. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in a way, like, this is like a, a spin on that. Like, the Christmas movie is like a spin on that. You're right. You know, that reminds me that a lot of times um, she is single, but the other times she's engaged to a guy who oh. is, it's like 50-50. She'll be engaged to a guy who's, like, all about business like her, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and he, like, doesn't have time to come to a Christmas dinner and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then so over the course of, like, a few days, she'll fall in love with this other guy and realize, like, my fiance is not the one for me and he's too corporate. And it's like, you were just that way, like, literally three days ago, <laughs> you know. Right. And it's like, Okay. Usually they're not even doing anything that bad. They're doing something that she would have been doing a week ago. And suddenly it's okay for her to just like dump them, you know? Yeah. And be with this other dude. And Dan's like, what if they made movies like this about men where men were always just (laughs) dumping their fiancés after meeting this other woman, you know, for three days? And I was like, you're right. That's a really good point. (laughs) It really wouldn't. It would not be on Hallmark all the time. No. Wow, that's interesting parallel, yes. Well, and then in the gothic um, novel, it's a house. A, a, it's always like a large a large mansion in a house that mm-hmm. has its secrets. And the person is like dropped into this environment mm-hmm. with all of these people in this house. And the house is like an element, is like its own character almost of... Of the story. The fact that it's Christmas. Is that... Like, is yes. that true? Like, is everything, like... Is every, like, point of reference coming back to how it's Christmas? Uh, yeah. Because in the Gothic, it's like the point of reference is always coming back to something about this house. Mm-hmm. This house is something that's unsettling. So, Like a woman locked in the attic. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's always that it's Christmas. Everything's Christmassy. <laughs> Everyone's eating Christmas cookies and drinking hot cocoa with everything. <laughs> They'll literally drink hot cocoa with everything in these movies, and it makes my stomach sick. They'll be like, we'll have two burgers and the hot cocoa. And I'm like, that doesn't work. That's gross and wrong. <laughs> wholeheartedly 100% agree with you that that is gross and wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hate yourself like that. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I know. I've watched quite a few. I haven't watched many this week. Like, it's probably been a week since I saw any. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to get a few more in. And then, like, sometimes (laughs) they keep them on until... New Year's, at least, and I'm always happy about that. <laughs> I'm not quite ready to be done with it. So how long do you watch the holiday movies? I mean, I'll keep it going until New Year's Day. Okay. When do you start? Oh, God. Oh, uh, like Thanksgiving. Nice. I put up my tree at Thanksgiving because it yeah. goes by so fast. So, uh-huh. like, why not? Yeah. Just start, you know. That's what we did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Some people wait and it's mm-hmm. like, 
that's a lot of work to just only have up for a short amount of time. Yeah, we waited uh, last year until like a week before or something. Mm-hmm. But then we just left it all through January. Like we just kept pretending it was Christmas. sort mm-hmm. of. It's nice to enjoy it. I agree. Just get like the return on your investment of like enjoyment for a longer period of time. Yeah. Yeah, last year, basically, 50% of the needles were falling off the tree. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time to take it down. (laughs) I know. I just looked really sad. (laughs) Just kept it going for a long time. It's sad, though, when you take the lights down. And I just love the glow of the tree. And it's sad when you have to take it away. I agree. Oh, so what do you think your favorite uh, Christmas movie has been this year? Oh, like the cheesy ones? Um, uh-huh. I like on like Hallmark. I don't have Hallmark because I don't have, you know, TV. But like when I go to my parents, the Hallmark movies that have Candace Cameron Beret in it. <laughs> DJ from Full House. <laughs> Love her. Oh, okay. No, I do. My favorite Christmas movies are ones with Melissa Joan Hart. That used to right. be Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm I well familiar her. with her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love mm-hmm. her Christmas movies. They're always the best. There's like three that I can I think of. That. One of them, she's with Slater. <laughs> <laughs> she like takes him prisoner to pretend he's her boyfriend for the holidays. What? Is they this like a falling in love? Is this a Stephen King production? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christmas misery. <laughs> and then the other one that I watched this year that I was telling you about is she and um, Jason Priestley. Um, Brandon from Beverly Hills 90210 are together. And I was like, this is so great. Aren't they blowing glass? Yeah, there's a glass blowing scene. (laughs) 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 They're making Christmas ornaments. Nice. That's one that's like, yeah, she actually gets a flat tire and he's a tow truck driver. And then it turns out that they... Later, she finds out that, like, they went to high school together and she forgot about it or something. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I won't give it away because I okay. know you're going to watch it. <laughs> okay. I actually considered. I was like, hmm, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give this a whirl. <laughs> I like a good formula. What? Yeah, I know you saw the Brooke Shields one already, which mm-hmm. was, like, your first foray into it. It, so. it was, but I felt like, um, I felt like... The, maybe the hallmark is like a, a Hershey bar mm-hmm. and this Brooke Shields Netflix movie, A Castle for Christmas, <laughs> was the, like the production quality was like a Godiva truffle, like a Godiva truffle. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be, granted, I haven't seen any of the hallmark holiday movies but i have seen uh cedar cove uh the tv show which is a hallmark tv show and that gave me an idea of like the production quality mm-hmm. of the movies um yeah so that's that that's the latest theme and maybe it's because of like harry and Meghan markle that it's like all about princes in the last couple of years. Oh. A prince for Christmas, a royal Christmas, and now a castle for Christmas. There's oh. like a ton of those. Mm-hmm. I think it might be because of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not super into those, but there is one. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix also, and it's mm-hmm. called like The Princess Switch. And it has Vanessa Hudgens, who was in um, High School Musical. Mm-hmm. And she plays like this girl in the states who has a bakery and then it turns out that like a princess from another country looks exactly like her it's like a patty duke identical cousins kind of situation yes. and then they end up switching places and the princess can see what it's like to be normal and then she gets to be a princess and then they end up falling in love with each other's like dudes oh my god i thought you were gonna say with yet. i thought you were gonna <laughs> say they end up falling in love with each other oh no 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 <laughs> can we make that movie though <laughs> The ultimate tale of narcissism. <laughs> yeah, really. I guess if they're not technically related, then it's fine. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Well, I know that there's people that date other people. I've actually, there's a few times I've met people where I've seen them with a few different 
partners and I've been Mm -hmm. like, or dates. And I've been like, everybody you date kind of looks like you. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) I've seen couples like that too, where it's like, are they brother and sister or are they dating? Yeah. Yeah. And they've made three of them now. Like they make a new one every year. With the same switching. Yeah. It's still Vanessa Hudgens and like, then they had to switch for a different reason the last time. And then on the newest one, they what? also have, like, a, another cousin <laughs> that comes in. So she's playing three different people. And they end up switching again for different reasons. <laughs> Wait a second. Is I'm this... an adult who watches this. Does, does, this, does this also take place around Christmas time? Are these Christmas movies? Yeah, they're Christmas yeah. Well, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, I understand why you watch it. Totally. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like this. Maybe I should get into like, this. I think you should. If you're going to, you can watch that one. So they fun. just, so it's just a series of the same thing happening over and over again, but like a little bit different each time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Do you think next year they'll add another? <laughs> cousin yeah they could <gasps> Ooh, they could do a halloween special where they have another cousin appears mm-hmm. that's also identical but then like midway through the movie you find out that she actually just got a lot of plastic surgery to mm-hmm. look like the other three and that she's trying to steal one of their's identity because she's obsessed with one of their boyfriends yeah That'd be good for Halloween. They might do it. I mean, they're going to run out of ideas. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's just like a plot from like one of the Sweet Valley High super thrillers <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think there was plastic surgery involved. I think it was just that that whole same thing of like someone just totally looks exactly like you. Like you just like went into a cafe, I say. And you mm-hmm. went up to the counter and you ordered an iced tea. And this woman turns around and hands you the iced tea and she looks just fucking like <laughs> you. But maybe she's got like some pink streaks in her hair or something. You know, like there's some, there's a few things different, but it's still like very much the first thing you think when you see her is like, what the fuck I'm looking in a mirror? Like mm-hmm. that would be creepy, right? Yeah. It'd be crazy then you'd have to just like start switching lives just for a goof mm-hmm. <laughs> at christmas time at so christmas all time <laughs> all of the movies are like it could be <laughs> anything could be happening <laughs> if it were a different time of year it would just be a regular movie but they just sprinkle christmas stuff into it you know like mm-hmm. There's always got to be some kind of, like, family tradition. It's usually the girl ends up staying with a family somehow or, like, with a guy that she's at odds with. She ends up being connected with his family somehow. So there's, like, like a family. Did yeah. you say a family connection or t- tradition? Tradition. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so she'll oftentimes just be, like, somehow inserted into this person's life and be meeting his family Somehow, like, there's no mm. hotels open or whatever, and I don't know. It just happens. And so yeah. they'll be like, oh, well, we have this tradition of making, like, 500 cookies tonight, and we're passing <laughs> them out tomorrow, and you've got to help. And so she'll be, like, making cookies with his mom, and he just met these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always, like, maybe a game that they play together, so she'll be, like, involved in that. And then there's always, yeah, like the big event that they'll be planning for the ball. Then there's always a scene where they're decorating the tree and they'll be like, you've got to help. And so she'll get involved in that. And then this is the part that kills me. They'll always be like, and this is grandma's Christmas tree topper from 1882. It's always the crowning glory of the tree. And this year we want you to put it on woman that we just met five hours ago and it's like what why i knew you're gonna say that they would say we want you to put it on top of the tree this year yeah we want you to put it on top of the tree this year 
<laughs> and they're like, she's always like, no, I don't, no, 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 I don't need to. And they're like, please, you want me to. <laughs> and then she does. And then the guy like looks up adoringly as she puts it on. And it's like, okay. <laughs> she's literally on a pedestal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the part that always gets me. And the other part that gets me is they'll always be like, saying how special this Christmas tree topper is. And you can see that it like came from Walmart. Like they don't even bother going through the trouble to get like a natural antique or anything special looking. It'll just be this like ugly, lame (laughs) Christmas tree topper. And it's like, come on, production team. Oh my God. 20 extra minutes or like go on Etsy and get (laughs) something, you know? You could so easily get an antique Christmas topper. I know. For like the same price or cheaper mm-hmm. than if you just went to a new box store and I got know. some like cheap crap. Cheaply made crap. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. It always happens. So what if have you ever seen the same family heirloom Christmas tree topper? No. Between movies? <laughs> no, surprisingly, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to watch out for. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, they do at least get different ones. But that's about all that they change. That's really funny. It's... Some of them are so bad. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm just going to tell you about one more really fast oh, that oh, I've seen I a couple it. times. Mm-hmm. Um... This girl is like traveling home to see to meet her fiance's parents for the first time. And again, like her fiance's like corporate businessman, you know, and he can't fly with her. So just go ahead and I'll meet you there. And then like while she's at the airport, her plane gets delayed. Someone spills coffee on her phone and he she sees the guy that spills coffee on her phone. Somehow she finds out like he's there to um go pick up his brother named like Will Truman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, Will Truman, that's my fiance. And she's like, you must be his brother. And oh. like, she doesn't have a phone, so she can't get a hold of anyone. So he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just give you a ride to the house. So she ends up going to this house. And then the brother, the family like takes her in because they think it's that she's engaged to their son. <laughs> and she like, plays a game with them and puts on the Christmas tree topper and they all fall in love with her. And then, but the weird part is the brother that brought her there is like falling in love with her too. And they're getting mm-hmm. a crush on each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're engaged to his brother. And then this is very odd and weird. And then <laughs> suddenly they're like, Oh, Will's here. And so he comes in and she sees him and she's like, wait, you're not Will. And he's like, yeah, I'm Will Truman. And she's like, no, my fiance is also named Will Truman, but you're not him. And it turns out that like she's at the wrong house the whole time. Oh, thank God, because now she can have sex with the brother. Exactly. But it, then it turns out that her actual fiance lives like a few houses down the road. <sighs> and when she goes to his house, his mother is very like, cold Uh and his house is like a museum and his family doesn't really show any affection and she feels very out of place and she's like looking out the window from their house and she can see the house of the other people like (laughs) she's staring at it longingly and then the brother from that house comes to that other house in the middle of the night to get her so they can go for a walk does it start snowing of course (laughs) And I'm just like, this is so creepy in so many ways. And what you're doing is terrible. And if your fiance were doing this to you, there would be an outrage. There would be an outrage. Yeah. It's like, it's it's not your fiance's fault that his parents are like cold and his house is like a museum, you know, it doesn't give you like the right to cheat on him with his neighbor, like while you're visiting his family for Christmas. It's interesting that there's an appeal to the idea of like forbidden um, romance, mm-hmm. especially because that whole trope of falling for the brother of your fiance, 
or falling for like a step sibling Mm -hmm. or something it's like incest light Ew. but i think there must be like a lot of people that enjoy that tension Mm -hmm. of like forbidden romance yeah because these movies are like hallmark they're supposed to be like wholesome but every time there's actually like people are cheating and breaking engagements within the matter of like seven days that's intense i mean could you imagine if you had a friend who was engaged and they called you like the day (laughs) after christmas if they called you they called you on my birthday Mm -hmm. and they were like oh i broke up with i broke up with uh timmy and now i'm with bobby yeah and you're like what i thought you were on a business trip <laughs> what the fuck happened exactly are you okay mm-hmm. yeah that's what it would be like in real life <laughs> wait so you're telling yeah. me that you started cheating on your fiance three hours after you got into this little tiny town <laughs> pretty much and now you're gonna marry that guy <laughs> mm-hmm. this should go well <laughs> I'm just curious about what the appeal is about, like what's appealing about those tropes that you're telling us about. Like, I know I just, I'm like, does every woman just like secretly regret the person that she married? And this just like gives them a feeling of like living vicariously through this woman who made a different choice who went for the not safe choice. Like she didn't pick the man who provided the financial stability. She picked the man who provided heart and soul. Oh, so you think that a lot of this is appealing to women who are in unhappy marriages? Probably. Don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I did think of that. Like when you're talking about how there, there always seems to be a fiance that they ditch. Yeah, like almost immediately upon <laughs> seeing another person in a small town. Yeah, there's definitely a secret fantasy going on here that's like pretty hostile towards current partners. Agreed. Yeah, like the worst thing the current partner usually does is like urge her to make a choice that would like get her a promotion or make more money over like a more heartfelt choice or that's it yeah he's never like cheating on her or like a drug addict or like abusive he's just like being like a more sensical like logical person yeah or more financially driven person like that's Mm -hmm. literally the worst thing that they're doing okay interesting Mm -hmm. it's always the girl that ends up cheating Mm-hmm. I'd say in like 90% of them. Wow. Like the one, I think the one that I'm talking about now, like where she ends up in love with the brother of the other person, she had been trying to like save this clock store or like antique store that her dad had. And she had the opportunity to sell it, but she didn't want to, even though she was like losing money on it every month and she could like not even pay her employees and stuff. And so her fiance was like, you should sell it like this property is valuable and then you could do whatever, (gasps) open another one somewhere else. And she was just like, that was it. That's a straw that broke the camel's back. How dare you insist that I pay my employees (laughs) for the work they did? Yeah. I'm too sentimental for that. Yeah, he's being too practical. And the <laughs> other guy is like, oh, um, I'll help you work at the clock store or whatever. And so she's like, oh, yeah, you're the one. I'm going to, would you like me to work for free and I'll bring you your favorite peanut butter and jam sandwich for lunch on your favorite kind of obscure bread that you've <laughs> never told anybody is your favorite? But now suddenly I know and I gave you that for your lunch and now you're in love with me. Does that ever happen? Yeah. Is it like little things like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm getting the gist of this. <laughs> um, I like a good formula. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just comforting. 
And it's like we're making fun of them as we watch them, mm-hmm. but like we're still watching them. It's hitting like multiple mm-hmm. buttons, you know, checking yeah. multiple boxes. Is there anything generally is a trope that's like fills in like like traditional gender stereotypes in an unhealthy way? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some elements of that, but I feel like most of them are pretty good about making like the woman be like her own boss and having her own life. And you know what I mean? Do you feel like there's more of an emphasis on the main female character being a hashtag boss babe? That's how they all start out. Okay. Most of them. But then they learn that they should give up their careers for love. Well, usually they'll like, yeah, they're giving up their career for love. You're right. But then they'll, like, open their own store in that small town or something. Okay. So they'll still be doing their thing, but their values have changed. Oh, okay. But they're still, like, doing their own thing. So they don't just, like, go to the small town, meet this guy, and be like, oh, I ha- I don't like careers anymore. I'm going to, like, cook him dinner and wash his socks or something. No, they still, like, keep the elements of themselves, but just more in line with the town I and see. the values there. These movies are, are actually, like, an indication of how we're all craving a communi- a real live community to interact with in a real live setting that's in town, in person, and taking our values away from the materialism that has been drilled into us so hard by these corporations. So it's a blatant rejection of corporate culture. Yes. And embracing the small business. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. Anything so. else about Christmas movies? Well, I do want to share a little story. Oh, okay. It's not about a Hallmark-style Christmas, but it's about a movie called Prancer from the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar? Yes, I'm familiar. Okay. Who's in it? Sam? Uh, He's the guy with the real deep voice. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the big Lebowski. How can I not think of his name right now? Sam Elliott. The mustache. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got Sam Elliott in it, and I really don't even remember the plot very well. It, it was a perfectly sweet Christmas movie. Uh, Isaac and I are at this hotel, and it's Christmas time, and we're going the next morning to fly to go see his family. So we're in the hotel room, and we're watching the Christmas movie Prancer and we're like, Oh cool. You know, it's like, this looks pretty good, you know? So, um, there's commercials, which I am a, I'm a total annoying person. And when commercials are on, I turn into a brat immediately. Mm-hmm. We'll mute them. And we started to notice after like 20 minutes of the movie, like the first set of commercials came in. And there's a Viagra commercial. Oh. And we looked at each other like, this is, seems like it's not a good idea to have this Viagra commercial on <laughs> during uh, <laughs> Prancer, mm-hmm. uh, which is a movie about a man and like his little girl and like this reindeer that comes. And it's like a movie that you watch with your kid. Oh, uh, Cloris Leachman's in it, too. Oh, nice. Which obviously is amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's about an eight-year-old little girl raised by her older brother and her widowed father. Except that every time that these commercials come on, there's, like, two Viagra commercials. It's like there's one at the beginning of the commercial set. Well, you know how, like, later in the night on, like, a more local station or whatever, they'll kind of just cycle through the same, like... (laughs) <laughs> three or four commercials. <laughs> yeah. And it's like over and over. It's relentless. 
Mm -hmm. Um, it was like that. And so like, we basically like the last half of the movie, we were just like laughing, like the whole time. It's like we couldn't stop laughing at all the Viagra commercials in this Prancer movie. That's that's my Christmas movie memory. That is weird product placement for sure. What's <laughs> terrible product placement? I mean, yeah. every time it came on, we were uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, and like think of all the parents you had to have the talk with their kids after watching Cancer <laughs> that night. You know? Like some uh, awkward conversations were definitely had that night. Mm-hmm. It would have been fine if it was a Hallmark Christmas romance. Right. Sure, whatever. <laughs> that would be like if it was during like a Charlie Brown Christmas or something <laughs> and then there's just Viagra commercials. Yes. That's Adam and Eve commercials, something like that. <laughs> that. That's like equally, yeah, that's equally as inappropriate for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't have that much experience with Christmas movies because for one simple reason, and that's that they all have Christmas music in them. That's right. And I have a strong aversion to Christmas music. You do, but I'm still friends with you. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I love it and like most of my close friends hate it. But my mom loves it too. But we're like the only ones. I feel well, like I haven't heard enough of it this year. Mm. I don't listen to the radio really in the yeah. car. I just listen to podcasts and then like Scrooge didn't really have Christmas music. So that's probably another reason that you like it. Mm-hmm. That's a good put point. a little love in your heart was like the main one yeah. and that's not Christmas but that should be the theme of Christmas exactly mm-hmm. that's like the ultimate real Christmas song it's true yeah a lot of them do have Christmas music but not as much as you'd think mm. like really if you watch the Hallmark ones there'll be mm. like a little bit of in between but oh oh it's not just like on all the time in the background where mm. they're like competing with it when they talk when the actors talk? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Or maybe it is, and I just don't notice it as much because it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. So what are your favorite Christmas songs? You know what? This year, I have a new favorite that I've realized because I've heard it in the stores a few times, and I find mm-hmm. myself singing it at home. And I think it's from Dean Martin, and it's like, oh. it's a marshmallow world in the winter. <laughs> It's just, like, so cute and, like, upbeat. Aw. And it's really adorable. I love Dino. Mm-hmm. You should try that one. It's You might be able to tolerate it. Yeah, maybe I'll give Dino a whirl. Yeah. It's not, like, jingle bells or anything like that, you know? It's just completely different. I like that one. And then I like the classics, you know, like, the really intense, like, Trans-Siberian Orchestra or something, like. Oh, that song's okay. Hark, hear the bells, and the bells, like yeah, that's not bells. That Uh one, yeah, that's kind of like a metal song. Yeah, you know, I don't like like jingle bell rock and that kind of stuff. Oh, that makes me just—I don't even—I'm speechless. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My disdain. For that song is laughing speechless. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not like a fan of that one. What about a deck the halls? No, 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 no. I don't like that. Okay. Mm-mm. Uh, what about Mariah Carey? I'm sorry, but yes, I love that. Song. No, Mariah Carey is awesome. I love that song. Um, All I want for Christmas is you. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorites. You're right, and I haven't even heard it this year. But a lot of people like don't like that song, but I love it and I don't care. She writes all her music. She does? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize. There's actually a really good uh, Mariah on, it's about her on uh, Even the Rich, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Have, do you oh, ever okay. listen to that? Yeah, I did. I listened to, I think, one about Madonna. What do you think of the Wham Christmas song? Please don't sing it or mention the title, though. Oh, okay. 
because yeah. I because it's an earwig, but I can't think of how it goes right now, and I want to keep it that way. But I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he wrote it when he was only like fourteen. Oh, that's sweet. I think, or it was the Careless Whisper he wrote when he was fourteen. Oh. One of the two. Something that's impressive. I listened to Careless Whisper today. God, really? It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I, I haven't heard it. the Wham song this year. I haven't heard the Mariah Carey song yet this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess because I don't watch like any real television and I don't listen to the radio. So <laughs> I'm not hearing songs. Yeah. Yeah, I need a little bit more Christmas music, but not like a ton. Like mm-hmm. I won't listen to it for hours in the car or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if it comes on, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll enjoy it. I have everyone listen to Marshmallow World in the winter. Like, that's okay. the song of the year. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check out Marshmallow World in the winter. <laughs> oh, it's man. just very cute. I like it. And yeah. it's not really, like, Christmassy. It's just about right. winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it talks about marshmallows. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good marshmallow? <laughs> I love a good marshmallow. <laughs> Um. Yeah, listen to the whole thing later. Do you think uh, Dino is dipping his marshmallows in a hot toddy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that sexual? You know, I didn't really mean it to be, but I, as I was saying it, <laughs> I was like, wow, this sounds filthy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking that this marshmallows in a lot of places. And in a lot of hot toddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, God. Is that the end of the show? <laughs> yeah, that's the end. <laughs> All right. And, have, mm-hmm. have a Good. nice rest up before New Year's. Yeah, get ready for New Year's. Take and care of yourself post yes. Christmas. Mm-hmm. That week between Christmas and New Year's Eve is like can get weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes for me, there's like this weird lull because yeah. I like know this other thing is coming, and there's like. There's even more fun activities. So it's like you need to rest up, but it's also the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. And like all I really want to do is like curl up into a ball as much as possible. <laughs> yes. You can do <laughs> and that like for the whole week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I guess we don't really have a question. I don't really want to know okay if you have um ever killed anyone for life insurance (laughs) money uh write to the police (laughs) at your local police station Mm -hmm. (laughs) or just go there in person and turn yourself in um i actually know someone who did it you do Mm mm-hmm I don't. How have you never told me this? Tell me later. I okay. I'll just. I'll tell. I'll tell you now. It's cool. So, because it's totally relevant to the movie. Oh, it is. I just didn't know if it was like something that you (laughs) you keep secret or something. Oh yeah, they're still free. They never. uh, They just gave me fifty (laughs) thousand. No, I'm joking. That is not what happened. Okay, so. I used to work at um, this mall and I sold sterling silver jewelry at a cart that was like a kiosk in the middle of the mall. It was fairly busy, you know, it was a fun job. So there's a Mrs. Fields upstairs at the food court and I would go up there and get a cookie and a coffee and the guy that owned the franchise worked there all the time. He was like always there. 
And mm-hmm. he was probably like in his 50s. I don't even remember what his name was or anything. He was like perfectly pleasant. He would make casual small talk with me. Nothing mm-hmm. major. He wasn't anyone that I thought much about except like those chocolate macadamia nut cookies are fucking delicious. <laughs> and I'm going to get one and have a cup of coffee with it. Um, and he made good coffee. <laughs> so that's really all I know about the guy. Except that later he got convicted of murdering his wife by organizing one of the employees to do the actual killing and make it look like a robbery. Oh, no. And then he tried to say that it was all them and that they were lying, but they had evidence. So he killed her for the insurance money. Oh, man. Yeah. And he was just this, like, mellow guy who only made small talk. But at the same time, I was sort of, like, not surprised when I heard about it. Because I was like, he did seem sort of robotic. Like, every, you ever, like, interact with somebody where they're they're saying, like, all of the things that you would say when you're, like, a friendly person, like, sharing a moment of kindness mm-hmm. at a, some sort of, while you're having a, like, random interaction in public. And then all of that was there. But there, like, kind of wasn't anything going on underneath it. And you could kind of feel, I could kind of feel this, like, blankness. Mm-hmm. So I just thought he was, like, bored out of his skull or sure. something. I wasn't like, oh, that guy's a murderer. I was just like, wow, he must be so bored with life. That was weird. I wish I could remember his name because I'd, like, look into it. Mr. Fields? <laughs> Did they close the shop? Did you have to get cookies from somewhere else after that? Or was this after you'd already moved on? No, after that, I just went on a diet. (laughs) No, after that, I started going to the GNC and getting uh, protein bars and stuff. Sure. And slim fast shakes. (laughs) (laughs) You really changed your life, too. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah. Peddling delicious cookies to murder. Yeah. I kind of never did look at macadamia chocolate, white chocolate macadamia cookies again after that. No. If that were Dateline, it would be recipe for murder. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fields had something else baking in his oven. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to always end with something morbid, so I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Have a happy new year. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to have a big resolution. Like keep it light. Take it easy on yourself. Yeah. We've done enough. We have done enough. That is an excellent point. Thank you, Sarah. I needed to hear that. No, you're welcome. We have done enough. Happy new year. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) And if you meet anybody who wants to marry you in a castle, go for it. (laughs) Yes, go for it. This year, let us know how much you love us while also letting everyone around you know that you have impeccable taste in podcasts. Visit www.CoverYourEyesPodcast.com and get your very own sticker, mug, or t-shirt.